Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting five to 15 minutes where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Today's question has uh, resonated with a lot of you asking about giving and paying it forward. Mike, when and how to pay it forward? My question goes to the topic that I believe we all have a responsibility to give, tithe, and pay it forward. Should we be giving as much as we receive? How do we balance what we give for free and when to charge a fee. Well, first off, the really great news, although it might not feel like what you expected, is that there is zero responsibility to give and or pay anything forward. You're here to be free. You're here to follow your heart. By you being you, you're already giving so much to divine mind, seeing things and feeling things with your heart that could never have been seen nor known and felt other than for your existence. You are God's last chance to be you. And you can live in paradise eternally with massive abundance showered upon you and never be a giver in the way that you're asking. So please get rid of the rules, get rid of the notion that you're supposed to be doing something which implies you could be doing it wrong, which is gonna weigh you down with such a weight, it's gonna clog your manifesting prowess and, and make you wondering, you know, what you missed. And it was that you thought you had to be doing something that you didn't have to do. Now, here's the deal. When you understand your divine nature, that your thoughts become things, that abundance is being pressed out to you, you will want to be a free-flowing conduit. Stuff comes, you give. Stuff comes, you give. You consume as much as you need. You consume as much as you want. You can hoard if you like, but that's not the nature of someone tuned in to truth who will just automatically be wanting to give because you will get to a place where you realize that you're giving to yourself, that you are just another part of that person that's receiving. And I was doing this journaling with my Sarah Landon, the Art of Channeling course um, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that kind of came out was to give. Now you've heard this before, but it hit me in a whole new way to give, you are truly receiving. Not just the joy of having made somebody else's uh, adventure lighter, but you are that other person. You just don't realize it. And so in the giving, you are giving to yourself. Yet, to withhold is to buy into a notion that there is scarcity, that you are vulnerable, that you might not have a second chance. Now, it's possible that you can just exist and not give without the notion of hoarding, and you're going to be fine and you're going to be rich. But if there is a tendency to hold back, 
out of fear, that's when you lose. To give, you receive. To hold on with kind of a fear scarcity mentality, you become less. Your possessions dwindle. You're reinforcing a belief that you might not be provided for. You are the people you help. Okay? You are that person. And one of my favorite teaching points when it comes to giving, tithing, paying it forward, none of which is required. You're loved and adored anyway. But one of my favorite teaching points is not only will it be the automatic thing to do when you're in the zone of truth, but until you get to that zone of truth, when you're feeling feeble and scared and you're not quite sure if you're doing everything right, by giving, you install a belief made visible through your demonstration, your embodiment of this belief, or call it a hope in the beginning that you are provided for. When you give to a loved one, to a family member, to a child, to a partner, to a sibling, to the community, to a stranger, when you give a smile, when you give money, when you give anything, you demonstrate an internal belief, whether you realize it or not, that you are provided for. You are provided for. You would never give if you thought it made you irrevocably less. You just couldn't. You would be killing yourself. It would be tantamount to suicide if what you gave was not to be replenished. But by giving, you intuitively know, I, I got it. It's, it's okay. There's more where that came from. Whether it's my smile or the money I've earned, there's more. There's more, and I have the key, and I have the answer, and it's coming to me so you can have mine, because I'm provided for. And when you believe you are provided for, so shall you be. This is thoughts becoming things. This is the only karma you got to worry about. What you bring about, no. What you think about, you bring about. What you give, you receive. That's karma. Change the giving, change the thought underneath it, and then you're off the wheel. But as you move closer to the light, demonstrated by your behavior, there ain't no going back to scarcity. There ain't no going back to the old ways of fear and vulnerability. A powerful demonstration to move the wheels of manifestation that sometimes seem to be locked is to give what you most want to receive. Assurance, love, camaraderie, money, clarity, education. Unlock the wheels. What do you want right now? Who else wants it? How can you help them get it? And that doesn't mean you ignore yourself. That doesn't mean you only set up your entire system to give everything away. The question was asked, how much do I give away and how much should be for free. how much should I charge for? How do you balance what's free and what's a fee? What feels right? What feels right? There's no shame in charging a fee. There's no shame in charging seven figures. If somebody out there is willing to pay it, then that's what you're worth. Or $70 or $7. Most folks in the world today, in your circles, want to pay you. They want to pay you. They don't want your charity, nobody really wants that stuff. They're only those that are at the end of the rope in fear and limited thinking, and they need a temporary 
uh, leg up. And if you want to demonstrate that you're provided for, those are the folks you give to. But for everyone else, charge, charge, charge lots of money. If they're willing to pay and you're going to back it up with reasonable services, this is honoring yourself, the divine within. You're here to dance life's dance. You need to feed, to, to eat. You need to have shelter. You need to have fun. You need to go to great vacations. So take care of yourself and peripheral vision. Help others at the same time, whatever feels right. There's no compulsion. You don't have to do that. You don't have to give to receive. But when you get to that place of understanding, that's what you most want to do. But you're so provided for, there's so much wiggle room, you cannot get it wrong. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's time for a spiritual tune-up where I, Mike Dooley, answer your questions about life, dreams, and happiness, or anything under the sun. Today's Q&A is uh, kind of fun for me. It's a topic uh, I love thinking about, and that is cryptocurrencies. The question is, Bitcoin, what's going on? Now, is this spiritually related is there anything not spiritual? Is there anything that's not of God, by God, pure God? Is there anything that isn't a thought first that's transformed by your divine supernatural powers into this luscious playground we live? It's all spiritual. And yes, having a currency to exchange stuff is as spiritual as prayer. Truly mean that. And why not ask questions about these things? Uh, it's fun to dabble. I answer questions about UFOs, about karma, about, you know, it's all relevant. So let's go there. It's, it's a cool topic. Um, I've got to tell you, I am a big believer in cryptocurrencies. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal idea. Does that mean they're going to work? No, not at all. Not necessarily. Does that mean what I have to share is correct? Uh, it's just my opinion. I'm not a financial advisor. I am not recommending anybody do anything. I'm going to share some of my thought processes on cryptocurrency, particular Bitcoin, but what I'm about to share pertains to pretty much most of the cryptocurrencies as I understand them. And then with your own research, you can decide whether or not this is a direction you might want to dabble in or not. Again, no warranties. Okay. I'm not in that place. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a certified public accountant or recovering one. I do have some background and some knowledge about this stuff. What a wild ride those markets have had. Right now, Bitcoin is around $46,000 per coin and it was invented out of thin air. Um, which leads to the first question, you know, are these intangible assets, uh, a good investment? That is the wrong question. That is the question that sends old schoolers up a tree because they will vow to their dying breath that they are a terrible investment. They're not an investment at all. And if you try to measure the merit or the worthiness of uh, cryptocurrencies on a scale that compares them to other investments, cryptocurrencies are the worst thing you could ever do. They're currencies. They're not investments. 
But in this wild heyday of their virtual introduction to mainstream society, they're in their infancy right now. Even though Bitcoin's been around maybe, gosh, uh, eight or nine years, it's in its absolute infancy. So they're extremely volatile. But after they achieve some degree of maturity, I think you will find that as a currency, they will fluctuate far, far, far less. They are not an investment. They don't hold value in a typical investment style. They don't pay dividends um, and there's nothing beneath them. So if you're looking at them and trying to understand a cryptocurrency in terms of an investment, you will always find that they suck. But as a currency, oh my gosh, they are amazing. Here is why they are an amazing currency. They're operated by blockchain on the internet. Buzzwords that you can look up if you're not familiar with them. They're, uh, they're checked through a, a system of transparency, not transparent as to who owns them, which is kind of an issue. Criminals might be able to use them the same way they use cash. Um, but otherwise, each transaction is viewable on the blockchain and 10,000 or tens of thousands of independent computers around the world run these blockchains, keeping them secure. And what has been the case so far, and I think will always be the case, but just my opinion, is that they are unbreakable. You've got to realize that the bounty involved in breaking the blockchain for Bitcoin is is nearly a trillion dollars. If somebody, if the greatest minds in um, sabotage, in fraud, in, you know, those illicit countries where they've got people just trying to break in and steal stuff on the internet from banks and exchanges, etc. If those minds motivated by a trillion dollars cannot break Bitcoin now, they're never going to break Bitcoin, in my opinion. And this is likely true of the other cryptocurrencies. They are the safest haven on planet Earth when it comes to theft. Okay. Now, the exchanges you buy your cryptocurrency on are not nearly as safe, but they know that that's all they have. So they put everything into their security. And so the top ones, the ones of renown, the ones with a track record in the infancy of cryptocurrencies are likely to be a safe bet. So the cryptocurrency itself is uncrackable. The exchanges through which most people buy them are the weak link in the chain. Be sure you buy them from an established, uh, do your research, um, credentialed exchange. The other thing that's tricky about these ex exchanges and buying them is that uh, it's kind of complicated. Uh, it's not as easy as opening a bank account uh, where there's, there's ways that if there's fraudulent movement of funds, the bank can undo that within 24 hours. That can't be done by an exchange with cryptocurrencies. So there are some inherent risks at this early stage in dealing with cryptocurrency that make it, you know, maybe a good reason not to go there at all. If you don't have somebody nor yourself to competently go there and evaluate exchanges and make an investment, then it's probably not a good idea yet. Another thing people don't know about cryptocurrencies is that 
You can buy any denomination. While Bitcoin right now is around $46,000 per coin, there are Satoshis. And there's like 100 million Satoshis inside of one Bitcoin. So you can buy a dollar's worth, $10 worth of Bitcoin right now um, on an exchange or uh, in your own personal electronic wallet. Again, a little bit complicated, but anybody can dabble if they wanted to dabble. The other great thing besides blockchain being virtually so far unbreakable, which is phenomenal for a currency, is that these blockchains are independent. They're called trustless. You don't have to trust a government. You don't have to trust a bank. You don't have to trust anybody. Um, and best of all, since they're not issued by a government who typically is not totally transparent and who can manipulate the supply of other currencies like fiat money, um, no one is going to be manipulating as they can with virtually all other currencies that are all backed by governments, uh, nobody's going to be manipulating the supply of cryptocurrency. Most cryptocurrencies, at least Bitcoin, are finite. There will never be more than 21 million, I believe it's 21 million Bitcoins in circulation from now to eternity. That's the coded into the blockchain. This is really, really cool. Nobody's going to print more to to pay government bills and you know, do the things. Now, there's a place for government manipulation of currencies and stimulation of economies, and, and cryptocurrencies don't have to um, be either or with government currencies. There'll probably always be some kind of overlap. I really don't know. But cryptocurrencies cannot be manipulated by governments. So they're unbreakable, they're finite, and they can't be manipulated. As a currency, this is amazing. But people don't look at it as a currency. They're like, is it a good investment? Oh, it goes up and it goes down and it crashes and it soars. And so they are, they're scared of it. But when you look at it as a currency, uh, it has, it, for these reasons I've just given, plus... For people who don't have bank accounts in much of the world, which is most people on planet Earth, a cryptocurrency operated on their phone, if they even have a phone, is going to be a far easier way to move funds around internationally in two seconds than it is to move currencies around or write a check or find an ATM kind of thing. So as a currency, block uh, cryptocurrencies uh, Bitcoin in, uh, included, uh, are, are phenomenal. All right, so there's a couple other things here. Um, there's a concept of bad money chasing out good money, okay? If you have some really good, if you have some gold coins, I mean, those are really valuable, right? A gold, you're not going to go use your gold coins to, to buy groceries and stuff. You're going to put your gold coins in a safe deposit box and you're going to use your paper money for all else. That's what's happening now at this early stage of cryptocurrencies use in the world. People are buying their cryptocurrency and, and some are speculating, many are holding on to them. And um, that thought was uh, bad money chases out good money. So people are holding on to their cryptocurrency, but they're still using dollars. So this is adding to the fact of the extreme volatility. Uh, let's see. Now, another observation of mine is that uh, 
I used to think there'd probably be one king of cryptocurrencies and the others would all go to zero because they have blockchain and because now embedded in the blockchain, there are these contracts, which is typical now uh, characteristic of Ethereum and ADA and some of the others. These currencies are valuable on a number of different fronts. So there's going to probably always be dozens, if not hundreds of viable, valuable cryptocurrencies, although one may clearly be the leader as today it is Bitcoin. I don't think all the others are going to go to zero. Anyway, it's an exciting frontier to witness and see its development. Um, everything I say and have said could be totally wrong. Um, governments could come along and outlaw it or shut down exchanges to perhaps save the value of their fiat paper money, which would be a, a devastating blow to cryptocurrencies. It's impossible to know where this is going. But I've been asked several times now, you know, what's my take on cryptocurrencies? I think as a currency for the reasons listed, they are, uh, it is a phenomenal, um, exciting idea that can achieve a lot of things that traditional money cannot achieve. And because this is the wild, wild west, um, it's a good idea if you're going to go in that direction to go gently, to play with it, to dabble with it, um, and, uh, and be a pioneer. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. It's Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up where I answer your questions. And today may be my favorite question and hope for favorite answer of the 300 plus spiritual tune-ups I've done. Mike, what are we truly capable of? Even old schoolers will tell us. I forget who it was, Benjamin Franklin. If we did all that we're capable of doing, we would truly astound ourselves. Well, that barely scratches the surface of all that you are capable of. I've got seven things that I've enumerated for you that I think are going to help blast you into orbit with the truth that will set you free about who you really are and all you are capable of. Number one, Maybe the most chill of all of them. So hang in there. We are capable, you are capable of looking out with your eyes, hearing the world with your ears, feeling it with your heart as simply an extension of yourself. Seeing the world as an extension of yourself. I'm not talking kind of. I'm not talking maybe. In account after account by mystics and sages. Just do some Googling, do some reading of some profound metaphysical stuff. And suddenly there is this, this um, experience that all recount in almost the exact same way where they can no longer tell where they end and the world begins. It's all them. The, a note from the universe once said this. One day you'll realize that there's you and that there's more you. And that's it. That's reality. Everything is connected. Everything is one, not in some philosophical way. The day will come when you are capable of 24-7 being able to look out of your little peepers and see only you. This is the truth. 
It's the lie we live in that there's me and there's you and there's here and there's there. You're everywhere always at once. And this is within your grasp right now. Start practicing. Lean into it. I do. Um, and it will become your norm. Number two out of seven. You, we are capable, and this is just a simple extension, of seeing everyone as God. A.K.A. as you. If everything is an extension of you, that includes every Tom, Dick, and Harry, every Betty, Oprah, and Lisa. Okay, you are them. They are you. You wonder your some of your reincarnational existences. Just look around. Everyone is learning on your behalf. Everyone is going through things you'll never go through so that you can draw from that, as are you on a sacred pilgrimage through this odyssey of the jungles of time and space, adding more to divine intelligence, a.k.a. God, things and qualities, perspectives and feelings that God would never know if it wasn't for you. So look around. You're capable of seeing God in everyone, yourself in everyone. We're all one. And again, I'm not talking figuratively. I'm not talking metaphorically. I'm not talking with analogies here. Literally, vividly, you can sense that their joy is your joy, that their sadness is your sadness, and nothing will fill your heart more than this understanding of truth. Number three of seven, you are capable of. We are all capable of changing anything we don't like by changing ourselves. Not by changing others. Change yourself. Change. Look, after number one and number two of these seven lessons, everything is you. If you want to change anything, change here. If you don't like your reflection in the mirror, you don't go change your reflection in the mirror. You change here, and then the reflection is reciprocated. The same in life. You can change anything you don't like, and the way you do it is you focus on desired outcomes. You don't attach to present-day circumstances. You can't change present circumstances except by changing future outcomes in your mind, which will change the circumstances in your midst. You can't change your life by changing other people, but you can always change yourself. And therein lies the key to riches, material, luxuries, emotional joy, whatever your heart desires. It's all spiritual. There is no out of bounds. Whatever you want to bring into your life, bring it here. Whatever you want to remove from your life, remove it from here. All change comes from here. You can change anything, anything, anything by changing yourself. Okay, you can't manipulate other people, but you can change who's in your life. You can change your love, your joys, uh, name it. Um, number four, you can detach from present circumstances. Sit present circumstances. Okay, I, I mixed the last one, number three, with number four. You can detach from circumstances by attaching to outcomes. Change your mind, 
no matter what the world is showing you, have a new picture here, and that's how you change circumstances. Otherwise, you can't change circumstances in the moment. So number three, let me restate, we are capable of changing anything we don't like by changing ourselves. By extension, this is how we change the world because we change ourselves, we change the fact that we are everywhere always at once. Number four, you are capable of detaching from present circumstances by attaching to new outcomes that will change the circumstances. Don't go to the circumstances. Detach from present circumstances allows them to change while there's a new picture in your mind. Number five, this is really juicy. You are capable we are all capable, not kind of, not sort of, not maybe, of living in true, indescribable ecstasy. Ecstasy. Joy unimaginable. This is the feeling tone, the vibration of all that is. Divine energy, source, God, the universe. Pure, radiant ecstasy. Ecstasy. Joy, happiness, love. 24-7, not kind of, not sort of. It's not like, you know, okay, can you try to be happy now? No, 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 that, that's like another orbit, 21 orbits down below. Ecstasy when you're living in truth. And I've got a couple, excuse me, biblical references. I was raised a Catholic. I am not a Catholic. I am not of a religion. I don't carry around a Bible. I have never read the whole Bible. I have hardly, probably never read 98% of the Bible, but boy, are there some jewels in there. Oh my gosh, it's some of these metaphysical books that are really profound in every way that will occasionally touch on a biblical reference and portray it in the light that it was meant. And you're like, oh my God. So this is true about ecstasy. The Bible is all about, well, these passages are all about ecstasy. All right, Luke 1939. I had to look that up this morning. As the disciples and the multitude shouted for joy at the approach of Jesus and his Pharisees, uh, they made a spectacle of themselves. So Jesus and his crew are walking into town and the town goes bonkers. These people are like, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the, the Pharisees complained to Jesus, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. The literal earth beneath your feet is vibrating in pure ecstasy because every rock, stone, and mode of dust is pure God energy. And God only knows joy. God only knows ecstasy, not in a judgmental sense, but in as, as in a sense of being. There's no other essence that comes from divine intelligence than, than what we as humans would describe as sheer ecstasy and that awaits us when we get out of our intellectual minds and we can perceive in other ways which is just a matter of practice yes i'm doing all of this stuff i'm working towards all of this stuff i'm the student as much as i am sometimes if i may say a teacher additionally i found another one isaiah 55 11-12 okay the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Do these have new meaning to you right now? And there's all kinds of jewels in the Bible. Uh, one of my favorite books by Eric Butterworth, haven't read it in 20 years, Discover the Power Within. 
Discover the Power Within, Eric Butterworth, a Unity Church minister who references biblical passages throughout that book, Discover the Power Within or Within You. Um, and it's just like, oh my God, oh my God, the beauty, the power, the freedom that's in the Bible without judgment or um, so much of the other stuff that was, in my view, um, twisted and uh, edited for white men wanting more power. Or maybe maybe they weren't white, I don't know. Um, so the, even the Bible speaks to my point five, living in ecstasy, you are capable of this 24 seven, to a degree of ecstasy that we probably can't even imagine until we get there. Number six, in ecstasy, you are capable of feeling sublime happiness and thereby love at all times. You are just a giver of love. What else is there when everything is so perfect? So ecstasy, I'm extending into our ideas of just happiness, just like happiness and love, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. Circumstances, occurrences in the physical illusions will never ruffle your feathers because at a deep level, you have this, this resonance with truth and reality, and that is all things are forever possible in this expansive mind of God, the heart of God, where we live our experiences right now. And number seven, you are capable of living a truly enlightened life. Enlightened in the sense that Jesus the Christ was enlightened. You are capable of living a truly enlightened life as was the life of Buddha, to the, to the best of our knowledge. And there have been others, perhaps hundreds if not thousands, in, in the history of this earth that have achieved a state of true enlightenment, which goes way beyond being wise. Uh, in true enlightenment, you will know all things. You will know all things. Uh, you can be in all places. You can defy physical laws. Everything is possible. Hey, isn't that in the Bible also? All things are possible. Who he doesn't say all things are possible with reason. All things are possible as long as you don't break physical laws. Walk on water, speak tongues, uh, heal the sick, heal yourself, live in abundance, have fun. All things are possible in true enlightenment. True enlightenment is being one with truth. Truth is that you are of God, by God, pure God. Truth is that thoughts become things. Truth is this is all playing out in the heart of God. It's one great big holographic illusion into love, being loved, giving love. When we get there and we're not believing in ourselves as little human mortals and we can see ourselves in everything, this is when we transcend the illusions and then can really get it on here in the sacred jungles of time and space. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, happy Friday, time for a spiritual tune-up. This question is a compilation of a number of your questions. There's a theme that has been showing up very consistently the last 18, 19 months, ever since COVID showed up. Um, anxiety, staying positive. Can I watch the news? You don't have to be perfect. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to lose sleep over it. You are so inclined to thrive, 
much less prevail. You're going to blow the lid off of this thing when you know the truth. All right, so uh, a couple of pointers here that I want you to feel strengthened. Three things to do. Be rooted in truth. I'd like to think these spiritual tune-ups might do a little bit of that. They remind you of who you really are and all that's possible. Read some books. Uh, get notes from the universe. Uh, there's lots of resources out there that will remind you of your indomitable nature, that you're inclined to succeed, that you were born for a reason, that all is well, that these are exciting times to be alive in. Immerse yourself in truth. Is that going to be enough? No, no, it's never that cut and dry. But that's not the only thing I'm going to advise. Number two, a little bit of positivity. My life and my crises have shown me a little bit of positivity will offset an entire day's worth of fear. If you can visualize for five minutes, even if those five minutes are infested with fear, you will rock your situation. Give it that effort. Don't just be a bystander. Don't let fear take your life hostage. Don't be lost to the truth and think that the odds are against you. They're so not against you. You are so inclined to succeed. It is as if we are all pushed on to greatness every single day. Our positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than our negative thoughts. Now, you heard me share this before. A thought is a thought is a thought. Positive, negative, that's just somebody's judgment. My positive might be somebody else's negative. But thoughts that are in alignment with truth, and there is a truth, hallelujah, that you are of God, by God, pure God, that you are here for a reason, that you knew what you were doing, that all is unfolding well, that you are this magnificent tidal wave of love and joy and glory careening through the cosmos, the physical universe, and in realms beyond and you knew what you were doing when you said, there, now, me. At the dawn of awakening, from darkness into the light, planet Earth, 2021, baby, I want to be fully fledged by that time. Thoughts in alignment with truth. Like, I'm going to get this. It's going to work out okay. Even if you feel fearful when you think those or say those. You know, I'm going to thrive. I'm going to I'm going to have the Midas touch. I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to be all that. I'm going to find my twin flame. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to rock and roll in joy. Those are in alignment with your divine heritage. So forget the positive, negative, that's judgment. There is a truth that's not judgment. And thoughts in alignment with truth. Any thoughts that speak of life's beauty and your power. Boom, 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 like popcorn. Those thoughts become things. Thoughts out of alignment with truth. I'm a dummy. It's not going to work out. I'm vulnerable. I'm afraid. Very difficult to manifest those kind of thoughts. Oh, we can do it. But it's nearly impossible if you immerse yourself in truth and just have a little bit of positivity in every single day, even when that possibility positivity is infested with negativity. Number three, the third thing I want to share you is act a little bit positive every day. Get up, show up, go out into the world, smile, trust somebody, um, trust yourself, love somebody, love yourself. Be in physical motion. It's never enough to know about the truth and think your life will change. Your life will not change. 
you must live the truth. Because if you're knowing it but not living it, then you don't know it. And the way you kind of lean into it when you're filled with self-doubt and you don't know that you can do it is you take a little bit of action. We got my little puppy here. Uh, she's my uh, co-pilot today. She's feeding in the energy, barking at the squirrels and the birds. Um, a little bit of leaning into it, even when timid, even when scared, will rewire your invisible limiting beliefs so that they start serving you in a positive way. They will be erased and you didn't even know it, need to know what your invisible limiting beliefs were. So be immersed in truth. Just watch these tune-ups. Read some of my books. Read the Hay House books. Read there's so many amazing books out there that are rooted in truth. I've got recommended reading at tut.com. At the bottom of the page, go to resources. You'll get my recommended reading list on enlightenment and on living deliberately, creating consciously. It's an updated list. Um, so immerse yourself in truth. Just a little bit of reading before you leave the house. A little bit of reading before you go to bed. A couple of paragraphs and be like, yes, I know it's true. In spite of my fear, in spite of my worry, in spite of my timidity. timidity. And then a little bit of positive thinking, like dream the dream, uh, imagine that everything's working out, create a visualization, have a vision board. It will seem futile. You're here and your vision board is here. Do it anyway. Put a picture on your refrigerator, on your garage door, somewhere in your house, on your bathroom mirror that speaks of the infinite possibilities that await you. Maybe a snapshot of something that captures encapsulates where you're really headed, who you really are. A picture of yourself included with a great big smile. You're not vulnerable. These questions about, about the news taking over your wandering mind. Should I not be a news junkie? You can watch the news. You can watch the negativity. You can be in fear. You can be in self-doubt. But if you ground yourself in a little bit of truth, if you think a little bit of positivity, if you go out there in the world with your best foot forward, expecting a half of a miracle, you're going to blow it all away. You're not vulnerable. You do not have to be perfect. You do not have to be positive all the time. Don't worry that you worry. You totally got this. And if you've got the anxiety thing, many of you say you're waking up in the middle of the night. I go through bouts of that couple times a year, I'm thinking, I'm doing so many things and thinking of so many things, just like you, just like everybody. That doesn't mean you're in jeopardy or that your dreams might not come true or that you can't have what you want to have. If you're dealing with anxiety, deal with anxiety. This is what I do. If I can't sleep in the middle of the night because something's bothering me, get up, get out of bed, write down a plan. Come up with some creative ideas. Imagine it working out. Whatever you can do, decide where you're going to cut costs. Decide how you're going to be safer. Decide how you're going to mitigate whatever you're afraid of. And then in the days that follow, do it. All right? Another thing I do if I'm feeling anxiety is I will start journaling with a pen or a paper or on my computer. Why do I feel like this when I know I am of God, by God, pure God? Why am I behaving like this when I know I'm invulnerable, when I'm not vulnerable or invulnerable. Journal it out. Ask the question, the million dollar question, why do I feel like gunk? And then answer it and you will surprise yourself and you will feel better and the anxiety will be gone. Okay, you got this. Everybody deals with that. Not everybody admits it. So good on you for doing that. Be rooted in truth, a little bit of positivity, a little bit of baby steps acting, acting in the direction of your dreams. Perpetually forever. 
Okay, these things need to be part of your day every single day. You don't got to get it right. And you will prevail over the news, over the pity parties, over the anxiety. You don't have to be perfect. You got it. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!